Hello, Disney fans, and welcome to the show. My name is Austin Terrace, and I'm joined here today by me, myself, and I. Coming up on this episode of Disney Daydream, a Toy Story hotel is planned to replace Paradise Pier Hotel at Disneyland Resort. Disney's Boardwalk Inn is getting an updated lobby and guest rooms, along with a new table service restaurant. And construction has begun on Disney Cruise Line's Lighthouse Point. Later on, it's that time of year, I'll complete a Disney movie March Madness bracket. So take a little break in your busy day and let's start daydreaming. Welcome, everybody. Yes, it is a very, very rare solo show brought to you just by me, Austin. I will try to be as entertaining as I can for you. Welcome. It is the end of March, and I am at this moment 12 hours away from hopping into an Uber, going to O'Hare Airport, catching a flight with some wonderful friends and heading down to Orlando for a five-day Disney slash networking trip that I talked to you about last time on the show. It's, (laughs) I can hardly think about anything else, of course. I still haven't packed. I think I'm actually going to pack in the morning because I'm a very strange individual and I typically do that and I'll just not get a lot of sleep tonight, but it's okay. Uh, We'll fuel... This body by coffee and who knows what else. Disney pixie dust, I guess. Emma could not join me today just because it's like the end of the quarter for me. So I had finals going on. She did her trip to Disney where she spent just a day in the park and then did her speech and debate tournament. Um, And then she went back home to Michigan the next weekend because Kylie just had her baby shower. She's very, very close now to giving birth to her son, which we're all incredibly excited to meet. And of course, they they were busy this weekend with those activities. So I'm just producing this episode by myself. But I think it'll be an entertaining one because we have... You know, some lighter news stories, nothing too serious in the Disney news going on recently. And then we'll have some fun with a March Madness themed topic later in the show. But seriously, this trip to Orlando is coming at exactly the right time. I've been doing nothing but homework and filling out crazy internship applications all over the place. I think I've sent over 50 at this point. So I need a little bit of a break. Having the chance also to get to know some cast members in person while I'm down there is is really, really special. So I'm thankful to my program that, you know, they made this possible, that I didn't have to front 
all of the money for this trip. I, I just had to pay for the theme park ticket. And I'm really glad to share it with some friends because I've only traveled to Disney World with my family before. And although that's so, so amazing, it's a wonderful experience. I know that this one will be a slightly different experience and I'm excited to compare and contrast. Just before we hop into a few news stories, just wanted to remind you to follow us on our social media accounts at DizDaydream on Instagram and Disney Daydream Podcast on Facebook. I'll be posting some content for my trip, um, some pictures telling you what's going on in regards to the 50th anniversary stuff that's happening. So you want to be following us there. Make sure you're subscribing to our show so you never miss when we release another episode. And if you want to make a financial donation, you can do so through our Patreon page. Head over to patreon.com slash Disney Daydream. We give our patrons exclusive content in the form of mini episodes, just some extra video access if we ever create videos, and free merchandise depending on what tier you subscribe to. Our show is sponsored by those patrons. They're the ones that help pay for our licensing fees, our hosting website, any new equipment that we need to purchase. It's all thanks to them. And also our other sponsors, Daydream Travel Agency, my Disney vacation travel agency. You can uh, work with me to plan your dream trip to Disney World, Disneyland, Disney Cruise Line, Adventures by Disney or Aulani. And you just want to work with a travel agent. Trust me, it's an additional person in your corner helping you figure out the very complicated Disney travel process. And they can be on the phone. Let let me be on hold while you just sit back and relax. And you don't have to worry about payment, about adjusting reservations, any of that crap that nobody wants to think about. You want to think about the fun. All right, our first news story today. A Toy Story hotel is planned to replace Pixar Pier Hotel at Disneyland Resort. Now, there's been some leaked concept art here, and that's kind of how we know that this is happening. There's going to be this Toy Story Land-like port-a-cachet in the front where you've got these beams that look like mm, building blocks almost, and then you have the Luxo Ball lights that are overhead, so the cars will be driving under that. It's kind of the entryway. And once you enter, it's going to be bright. You're going to have all those bold colors, large statues of Buzz and Woody, um, kind of an open atrium feeling. When you get to the front desk, it reminds me a lot of Art of Animation, or I guess you could say Pop Century and the All-Stars. It's going to be one of those larger-than-life themed resorts where it's very, very much Toy Story. And at the top, you've got a Scrabble board that has fun, you know, Toy Story words in it, like Howdy and and Woody, Toys, you know, Buzz. You've got uh, dice everywhere, really plush-looking couches and Rubik's Cubes that are are larger than life. Um, And yeah, just that type of whimsical theme continues you're going to have some beautiful murals painted across the walls. And then, of course, um, a pool area that is a Partysaurus Rex themed bathtub. 
I don't know if you guys watched that short that came out to Disney Plus, but there is like a short movie that's about Rex having this crazy like rager in a in a bathtub, and they're t- they're running with that theme for the outside pool area. The interesting thing to consider with this news story is Toy Story hotels are now oddly like incredibly common. Tokyo Disney Resort is going to be opening their Toy Story Hotel later this spring. And one already exists at Shanghai Disneyland. So this is going to be the third Toy Story Resort on Disney property. Um, Just goes to show how kind of inviting that movie is and how big and iconic the franchise is. Even though they've done these resorts before, I don't really care because at Disneyland, Pixar Pier Hotel is, it's so bad. It's just like a refurbished Holiday Inn. There is nothing that justifies that price. You're, you're better off. It's staying in a good neighbor hotel somewhere in Anaheim rather than paying a premium to stay at like a below value level resort. Like I would, I would any day prefer to to stay at an all-star pop century than than Pixar Pier or than Paradise Pier, excuse me. Um, so it needed to be changed. Very, very happy that they're doing something about this because uh, this resort is almost universally pretty unpopular. Next up, Disney's Boardwalk Inn is getting an updated lobby, refreshed guest rooms, and a brand new table service dining restaurant. Thank goodness. Thank goodness, because I love the Boardwalk Inn so much. Want to stay there, bucket list type of thing, and now I want to stay there even more because, let's be honest, the rooms are getting a little bit old, especially on the hotel side. The, the DVC rooms themselves are, are pretty good. They're, they're not the best. Um, the location is honestly everything with the boardwalk and the things you can do around it. That's the big draw. And also the architecture, I think, is stunning. But the guest rooms have never been that impressive. I don't think really anybody would, would put them in the top five. So uh, they just look kind of dated. And it's hard to... It's hard to utilize that theme in a modern capacity, right? Like a New York boardwalk style um, turn of the century or 1910s or 1920s. Um, It's tough to do that design well and to keep that looking fresh. So the resort will um, gain some light and airy touches added to the lobby, lounge, and guest rooms. There will be a new coffee bar, with artisanal beverages and quick bites, and guests can take them to go or sit in one of the updated seating areas inside and outdoors. There isn't a timeline that's been announced about the refreshed guest rooms. We don't have any like sneak peeks or um, concept art at this time, but there is some ugh, some of the art in the boardwalk rooms, um, like the bedpost in, in the wallpaper. It just, it's got to happen. The carpet too. It's time. (laughs) It is time to, to give this resort a little refresher. Outside of the main resort area, the Boardwalk Bakery is turning into a sandwich shop. 
So storybook sweet treats and dreamy desserts will be available at the Cake Bake Shop by Gwendolyn Rogers, a new table service restaurant and bakery. Expected to open in 2023, this restaurant will offer both savory and dessert menus, along with afternoon tea service in a whimsical atmosphere that complements the magic of the idyllic charm of Disney's boardwalk. Maybe there are New York boardwalks that have uh, afternoon tea things going on. (laughs) It sounds a little bit uh, like a a cake bake shop with tea in the afternoon. It kind of sounds British to me, but, um, you know, storybook sweet treats, uh, whatever is there, that bakery that's there um, at the moment is just okay. So I don't have a problem with something like new and, and cool coming in. Also, this is rumored uh, to completely replace the ESPN zone, which will not be reopening. We thought they might be like renovating that, kind of changing the design of the ESPN zone. I'm glad it's just getting closed because it sticks out like a sore thumb at the end of the boardwalk. It's There's no reason for it to be there. Uh, something something way, way more fitting with Boardwalk's theme could come in, even if that happens to be a a British sounding (laughs) bakery. (laughs) Um, So goodbye ESPN zone. Uh, That definitely belongs more so in a Disney Springs capacity rather than at one of the resort locations. And finally, last but not least, news story number three, construction for Disney Cruise Line's Lighthouse Point Island has begun. They broke ground on March 2nd. This is Disney Cruise Line's second port in the Bahamas. And whoa, it came as a surprise. People were saying that this is a project that was going to be delayed indefinitely. That after COVID, when the plans to to break ground were pretty much scrapped, we were wondering if Lighthouse Point would, would ever happen, especially... Uh, because the future of Disney's new cruise ships are still in doubt after the wish. Um, but Disney did receive government approval to begin construction. It is a $400 million project, so that is nothing to sneeze at. They're going to hold a job fair at the Eleuthera Business Hub. I, I believe Eleuthera is the uh, formal name of the island. And uh, this is a statement from Thomas Maslum, president of Disney Cruise Line. Uh, He said this about the project, quote, We are so grateful for the support we have received from the people and government of the Bahamas over the past few years. It is because of your engagement and feedback that we have continued to shape the project and is something we can all be proud of. I'm pleased to share that we have now received all the necessary approvals from the government of the Bahamas to begin our work at Lighthouse Point. As we get started, we remain committed to our guiding principles, creating sustainable economic opportunities for Bahamians, protecting and sustaining the natural beauty of the site, celebrating Bahamian culture, and helping to strengthen the community in Eleuthera. We are excited to move this important work forward with you, and will continue to keep you updated on our progress and how you can get involved. So the designer for the project, uh, is the American Bridge Company. 
20% of the 750 acres that were purchased by Disney are going to be turned into open-air structures, patios, walkways, a pier, and a small marina. And that is pretty much all the information that we have now. We don't have a timetable for when they might be done. Obviously, there are a lot of different factors that come into play with a project of this scale. Um, but it can be safe to say we're, we're talking about many, many, many months um, or something that could stretch out to a couple of, of years even. So it would be great to experience another Disney port besides Castaway Key. I'm sure they'll do a, a great job and I am just so anxious to hop on to my next Disney cruise. Oh, it has been close to 10 years. (laughs) I cannot believe that. I cannot believe that I'm getting so old. And it was 10 years in June since our family took a cruise on the Disney dream. That's just too long. Simply, simply too long. We've got to get back. But please stay tuned. Uh, The topic I'm bringing you guys today, uh, we're having some fun. It's March Madness time. I'm going to do a Disney movie March Madness bracket. That is coming right up. So, how is your bracket looking? Is it completely busted like mine? Did you have Kentucky going all the way, only to be booted out of the competition in the first round by St. Peter's, by the Peacocks? Did you have Baylor in your final four? It's been a wild year, that's why we love March Madness, but what is going on with the Big Ten in the NCAA basketball tournament. Why is it year after year, we always put up such a poor showing? We've got Michigan and Purdue left. I I, I cannot believe it. Like, uh, as a University of Michigan fan, though, I've been celebrating that win over Tennessee was glorious. We went from many people saying that we should not have made the tournament itself uh, based on our record uh, that they kind of have a point but at the end of the day we just made our fifth straight sweet 16 only other school that can boast that is Gonzaga so Michigan's in pretty good company I feel like we have some Michigan State fans listening to the show of course uh, my condolences although that was a really great game against Duke nothing to be nothing to be ashamed of there uh in Ohio State, sorry, listeners in Columbus, um, I just don't feel that type of pity. Uh, can't sympathize with you, uh, although I was rooting for Wisconsin. I don't know what happened to the Badgers or to Illinois. Jeez, they, they just laid an egg. <laughs> but although talking about basketball is, is interesting and, and fun, this show is not about basketball. We're doing a Disney 
March Madness bracket that I have received but not opened yet. I wanted to give you my initial gut reaction. I didn't want to think about these matchups. I just want to do it in real time without too much forethought. I want you to be choosing uh, your picks while I'm doing mine, and you can let me know. Feel free to reach out if you if you disagree with with some of these. Uh, but let's just go through this bracket. We are we have a Disney movie theme this year, and looks like we've got two regions that we'll go through. On the left hand side, we've got eight movies that were selected in the princess region. And on the right-hand side, we have eight movies that will come from the Pixar region. Just doing a quick scan. It looks like they have uh, chosen to stick with the classics here. They're not including any sequels. And it's pretty much, you know, the, the stuff that's come out in the last 10 years has been excluded from this list which isn't bad. We love talking about uh, the older Disney movies too. That is totally fine. Let's start with the princess region. I wonder how they seeded these. Huh? I don't know. I I did not make this bracket. Uh, That's why it's even more fun uh, to choose because then theoretically we might have some upsets. Uh, First matchup guys, the little mermaid versus snow white. Little Mermaid has the number one seed. Snow White was given the number eight. And now what makes a movie better than another? I hate choosing favorites. <laughs> so this, this stuff is always hard for me. Um, I don't claim to have the perfect answer to this question. But we're just going to have to come up with a framework that we can use for today. And maybe we can adjust it going forward. I would say a few metrics we could use just pure enjoyment factor. How much do we like watching the movie plot because it's Disney? We should include music. And then the last one, I also feel like because it's Disney, we should include like historical significance. Like how iconic is this movie? Did it change the landscape um, of like what Disney does? So there we go. Four metrics. Let's let's decide this matchup based on that. Um, from an enjoyment perspective, Little Mermaid wins out. From a music perspective, Little Mermaid wins out. From a plot perspective, Little Mermaid. And four, from a historical perspective, I would I would agree. Snow White was definitely. Um, more groundbreaking and you know is the one that started it all but the little mermaid also has its own firm place in history because this movie kicked off the disney animation renaissance in 1989 so it's still incredibly important and i haven't been shy about admitting that i don't particularly love watching snow white nowadays uh don't care for her voice a whole lot <laughs> and, and you know uh i i just really preferred the little mermaid so we're going to advance the little mermaid into the second round matchup number two 
the number four seed Frozen versus the number five seed Pocahontas. Ah, love both of these. Okay, let's talk about from a pure enjoyment perspective. I think I have to give... This is going to be slight, slight. I have to give the slight nod to Frozen. From a music perspective... Oh. Wow. Wow, from a music perspective, this is hard. I might give a slight edge to Pocahontas. Just around the river bend. It's so good. Judy Kuhn's voice is phenomenal. Uh, and you also have Colors of the Wind. Two phenomenal ballads in one. And the the music for Frozen's great, so that's difficult. But I'm going to give it to Pocahontas. Uh, from a plot perspective, I'm going to say Frozen... And historically, I mean, Frozen is like the most uh, successful princess franchise that's been created um, financially and I would say in pop culture too. So Frozen, Frozen is going to move on. So the number four seed advances here. Next, number three, Cinderella versus number six, Sleeping Beauty. Kylie might be angry at me for saying this, but... I'm not like a huge fan of Sleeping Beauty. Aurora is out for a huge portion of this film. It was just never one of my big favorites. I liked Cinderella better. I liked the story better. I I have to say I I like the there's more enjoyment. Music is a toss up and I think like historically they're both very classic princess film, so I think it's a tie there. I'm giving my edge to the number three seed, Cinderella. That one is moving on. And last but not least, number two seed, Beauty and the Beast, versus number seven, Mulan. Mm. From a, an entertainment standpoint, I'm going to go with Beauty and the Beast. Music. That's another really difficult one. I'm giving the slight edge to Beauty and the Beast because I think there are more iconic songs than Mulan, although Reflections, and there are a lot of really fun ones that are in in Mulan, but Beauty and the Beast wins out. From a story perspective, I have to give the edge to Mulan, though, and historically, I just think that Beauty and the Beast has, has, like, has a, a more firm place in our lexicon of pop culture now than, than Mulan does, even though they're both important. So, wow, no upsets in the first round over on the princess side. Beauty and the Beast is moving on, so we have The Little Mermaid, Frozen, Cinderella, and Beauty and the Beast left. We're going to hop over to the Pixar region and do the number one seed Toy Story versus number eight, The Incredibles. Whew, the the Pixar side is going to kill me. And I haven't even looked back to what I said when I ranked my top five Pixar, Pixar movies. I, I have not looked back to that. Like I said, way back when we recorded that episode, this changes. And I'm thinking that since we recorded, it's probably changed for me. 
Toy Story was the first Pixar film in 1995. So from a historical standpoint, it edges out The Incredibles. Um, story. I got to give it to Toy Story. Music. Now that is tough. I'm going to I'm going to say it's pretty much for me a tie um in that enjoyment factor. Ooh. I do seriously love The Incredibles. It is just a thoroughly thoroughly enjoyable movie and I feel strange like advancing Toy Story even when it's not like my favorite film of the franchise. I love Toy Story 3, but how could I knock Toy Story out first? I just can't do it. It is so great. I love, 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 love the first three movies. Um, even though I'm still upset about the making of Lightyear and Toy Story 4, I'm not going to let that come into play. So Toy Story is going to move past The Incredibles here. Next, number four, Monsters, Inc. versus number five, Up. Guys, I can tell you right now, we finally have our first upset. Uh, I'm going to progress up to the next round over Monsters, Inc. I do like Monsters, Inc. It's just not one of my favorite Pixar movies. To me, it's funny. Um, it is enjoyable. Uh, it doesn't really move me in the same way that a lot of Pixar movies do. And Up has me in tears and also has me cracking up at certain points in the film. I think the music to Up is superior uh, and the story. I mean, Monsters, Inc. has a really cool world that they built. Um, and then in terms of significance, I don't know, maybe Monsters, Inc. because there was a sequel and it appears much more throughout the park than Up does. But I've got to give Up the victory. Up, Up is the winner here. Next, A Bug's Life, the number three seed versus Ratatouille, number six. If you're a longtime listener to this show, you know how I feel about Ratatouille. It is a profound, beautiful film. It's close to a masterpiece in terms of its story and its its theme. So it, it's a no-brainer. This is another upset. The number six is beating the number three. A Bug's Life is just an early Pixar film that, to me does not really have a huge amount of historical significance. The enjoyment factor is pretty low if we're comparing it against a lot of other Pixar movies. And the music is is all right. Um, Ratatouille definitely has better music. Um, it's much more enjoyable. I just have no, no doubt in my mind that Ratatouille is progressing. Uh, and then last... The number two seed, Finding Nemo, versus number seven, Cars. Oof, okay. I didn't have to make a ton of difficult choices the first round in the Pixar (laughs) bracket. Um, Finding Nemo is going to be moving on. Uh, Better music. Better story, for sure. Cars is is clever. The the first Cars isn't a bad movie, but it's, it's not in my top half of Pixar films. And Finding Nemo is. It's definitely close to the top. I think Finding Nemo is always teetering on the edge of my top five um just a gorgeous piece of storytelling so finding Nemo moves on all right we're to our elite eight here we've got 
four movies left on each side of our bracket. Back over to the princess region, the number one seed Little Mermaid against number four, Frozen. Oh my goodness. Oh. Okay. Uh, th- this is where it's just, it's going to get painful for me. I'm glad that you all can't see my face. My face just looks like dumbfounded right now. <laughs> Completely lacking expression. My mind is just foggy. I was into Frozen like way before the hype came along. It's, I, I, th- I think it's the only movie that I've seen more than three times in the theaters. I, I could not get enough of this movie. Like that's how much I love frozen. And that sounds cliche knowing how big the franchise is now, but that started right away for me. Um, I do love little mermaid. I used to watch this, this movie all the time as a kid. So I'm battling. (laughs) There's an internal struggle going on. Oh, ouch. I'm going to have to give this, I'm going to have to give this to the little mermaid just by a razor's edge. Wow. That was, that was, that was hard because they have great music. I think Frozen, overall, at the end of the day, the story is better. In terms of enjoyability, they're both thoroughly enjoyable films. And historical significance, they both are. It's like a tie in most categories. Uh, And even though I gave Frozen the edge in terms of its story... (laughs) Maybe I should stick with that if they're all ties in the other categories. That's the only thing that makes sense. But I, I have to stick with my gut. <laughs> I I thought The Little Mermaid, maybe because it harkened me back to the days when I was five years old. But we're going to go with it. Number one, Little Mermaid is moving on. And next, the number three seed, Cinderella versus number two, Beauty and the Beast. So we're still going to have no upsets in this bracket. I appreciate the very old princess movies like Snow White, Cinderella, and Sleeping Beauty, but they don't rise to the top of my princess movie list. Um, And a lot of the newer ones do. And Beauty and the Beast is one of those. It sticks with you. I think the music overall is better. Um, The story is, I would say, a toss-up. We'll give it a tie. I enjoy Beauty and the Beast more than when I watch Cinderella. And historically, I think that's, again, a toss-up. So I'm going to move Beauty and the Beast forward. It is going to reach the final four along with The Little Mermaid. Back over to the Pixar side, we have the number one seed Toy Story against number five, Up. Mmm... I really don't know what to say. <laughs> Up is just so good. Here is what I will say. Historically, Toy Story has the edge. Music, it's a toss-up for me. Enjoyability. 
I think Up has a slight edge. And Plot, I don't know. I think it might be another toss-up. So we're at an impasse. But I'm going to advance Up for this reason. If if I take the Toy Story franchise as a whole and I could talk about the arc of the first three movies and how brilliant that is, Toy Story would move on. But if I'm just doing this one movie against Up, I think I have to go with this upset and put Up in the final four. Um, that's what I'm going to go with. That's what my gut is telling me. And I have to stick with my gut. So we're going to move on (laughs) before I begin to overthink. But up is progressing. Uh, And then next, number six, Ratatouille versus number two, Finding Nemo. Oh, oh my. Finding Nemo, because of the sequel, um, I think historically it has the edge. It's more well-known. Um, enjoyability, they're both incredibly fun to watch. Plot, they both have a great, great, they tell an amazing story. And then music, it's like the same, the same composer. I don't know how to, how to decide (laughs) the music's it's great in both. Um, I'm just such a Ratatouille fan. But I also acknowledge the brilliance of Finding Nemo, and that one brings me to tears as well. For some reason right now, I'm thinking about progressing Finding Nemo and giving it the win over Ratatouille. Any other day, I'm probably going with Ratatouille. I have a feeling that Choosing Finding Nemo will be the more popular option among the listeners. Not that I care, listeners. I love you, but this is not... I'm not just trying to go with a popular option. But today, I'm... Honestly, something is just telling me... Hmm. Right at this moment, I'm going to choose Finding Nemo. So, we've got our final four, my friends. We have Up, Finding Nemo, The Little Mermaid, and Beauty and the Beast. Over on the princess side, Little Mermaid versus Beauty and the Beast. These are my two favorite Disney Renaissance movies. So it's killing me a little bit. Same composer. So musically, I'd love them both. Story-wise, I might give the edge to The Little Mermaid. Enjoyability is such a toss-up. And then... In terms of level of iconicity and like historical significance, maybe Little Mermaid because it was first. Uh, but it's hard to say. I think, though, just like how I chose last time, for me, the movie was so personally special. I have to choose a Little Mermaid. It was just special in a way that um, Beauty and the Beast wasn't for me. And this is a cop-out for sure. But I like the Little Mermaid musical better than Beauty and the Beast, the musical. 
definitely not definitely not fair to let that factor in but when you're completely stuck and can't make a decision i'm going to grasp at some straws so we have <laughs> the little mermaid going into the final championship round it'll be facing off with the winner of up versus finding nemo and you know what i'm going with finding nemo i am i'm choosing finding nemo the score brings me to tears at the end great message up obviously brings you to tears in the beginning and then possibly at the end too but Finding Nemo beat Ratatouille, and that's usually <laughs> one of my top Pixar films. So there's just something about it today. It has a strength. It just it it's so it's so good, and it gave us Finding Nemo the musical, which will always be near and dear to my heart. <laughs> We're getting the musicals involved. <laughs> this is this is no longer fair. <laughs> Uh, but I don't have a good rationale for choosing this over up. I just don't. I, you just have to go with your gut, right? That's what this is about sometimes. Like when you're filling out your bracket, you're just like, oh, this school's name looks cool. Or I like this school's uniform, so let's choose that. Or I like the school's mascot. We're kind of doing that at this point because all these final movies are just so strong. Finding Nemo versus The Little Mermaid in our championship round. And from a Disney historical perspective, I think The Little Mermaid is more important. From a music perspective, this is where it gets interesting because we're talking about a score, an orchestral score versus like a sung through score. Hmm. I don't want to just give it to The Little Mermaid because, you know, the characters are singing. And in Finding Nemo, they're not. Like, Finding Nemo has a brilliant score. <sighs> but everything in The Little Mermaid is just so memorable. It is so memorable, so I have to give it to The Little Mermaid. From a story perspective, though, I'm, I'm giving it to Finding Nemo. I think overall, it's just storytelling and a little bit of a higher level. So... So I, I think Little Mermaid's got song, historical significance. Finding Nemo has plot. And it, it'll come down to enjoyability. Oof. They're both lovely. They are both enjoyable. Um, I've seen The Little Mermaid more. Then I've seen Finding Nemo. <laughs> I just have. <laughs> part, part of that is because if you want to watch it close to every day, that'll happen. But hey, it's another situation where I, I don't have a good determining factor. So we're going to have to go with that. And that means that Little Mermaid wins three categories. Finding Nemo wins one. So we do have a champion. The Little Mermaid. A movie that I was so close to 
<laughs> giving an upset <laughs> in round two to Frozen. It has progressed to become the overall bracket winner for this Disney movie bracket 2022. Oh, you guys should do one of these. If you haven't done fun March Madness brackets with something other than basketball, they are thoroughly enjoyable to talk about with friends. So I hope you enjoyed listening and, and playing along with me today. You're going to want to stay tuned because I'll be reviewing the 50th anniversary activities at Disney World on our next episode. So be sure to tune in in a few weeks time. So that's going to do it for this episode of the Disney Daydream podcast. I hope you enjoyed it and that you'll join us for the next one. Remember, be kind to one another and take the time to find a magical moment in each and every day.